down in three. Quick throw. What a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. Entertainment capital of the world. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh my goodness! It's the DC Martin Show. 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 First and 10 for Mahomes. Pressure and he sacks. First one of the day, and it's Bosa who gets home. DC Martin. DC Martin. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. He is electrifying. T.C. Martin. Is this for real? Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? T.C. Martin. Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. 101 yards. Goodbye. Cordero Patterson, the ninth time in his NFL career. The house call on a kick. The T.C. Martin show. Football Friday, and we are here live at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world famous Superbook. Our Friday home, pumped up, revved up, ready to roll. It is the NFC and AFC Championship Games. It is the Championship Weekend, and it is happening on Sunday. And we will know in about uh, 48 hours or a little bit longer who will be coming to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl on February 11th. TC Martin with you. My tag team partner here at the Westgate Las Vegas, Marco D'Angelo in the house. Jay Cornegay will be joining us a little bit later on this hour, the vice president of the Superbook here. And we'll talk to Jay regarding where the money's going for these two games between Kansas City and Baltimore, the AFC Championship, and the Lions and Niners, which will be the nightcap late, Saturday, or late Sunday afternoon. And we'll talk to Jay regarding that and a whole lot more here. But uh, glad to have you with us on our Friday edition of the T.C. Martin Show, of course, here at the Westgate Las Vegas, where we'll be giving you our best bets as well, too. And I should make that singular and not plural, since uh, it'll be just one game that we'll be selecting. Because we shouldn't do best bets because there's only two games. So I'm a firm believer is you have to pick your best bet when you have... You know, 14 games, 16 games, pick three. They could be your best bets. Would you agree with that? But technically, there's four, five, six of us making picks, so it is best bets Very because nice. plural. Very nice. I like that. Nunchuck is back in the studio ringing his bell, <laughs> doing his best Anita Ward impersonation. There's an old school reference for some of these that will get that. What's going on, Marco? What do you got? Friday at Westgate, can't get any better than that. You got horses, you got hockey ready to tip off, NBA, few college games on the Friday card. So glad to be here. But when you get to this week of the football season, love the conference championship week because you, you know, you've gone all season long. Everybody's battled. We're, like you said, two days away from finding out the final two participants. But then once those two games are over, you realize there's only one more football game. That's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, the we bitter gotta, And we got to wait two weeks for it. You got to wait two weeks for it. Well, you, you know, you can get involved in flag football in the middle week. No. 
the Pro Bowl is that that's the most ridiculous of all of the sports having their their all star game. Yeah, yeah, the most ridiculous. It is. <laughs> They've all become pretty ridiculous. Still, Major League Baseball for nah, me baseball's is, is pure. Yeah, it's it's still pretty pure. But uh, no, I'm I'm with you, man. It's funny you bring that up because I have totally forgotten about that. Now, we've talked about it before because they've had that game here in Vegas, mm-hmm. which was never a big proponent of that. I couldn't even tell you where the Pro Bowl is and this year. I who know. cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. All right. A lot of stuff to hit on today. We'll, uh, we'll hit both of the, the games, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Detroit, and San Francisco. And here's an interesting topic. So we got the most valuable player candidates um, on board here as, as well as head coach of the year. I'm going to go down the nominees and let's have a little discussion about this. All right. Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Christian McCaffrey, San Francisco 49ers. Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys. And Brock Purdy. Those are your five nominees for player of the year. Who are you going with? Well, I can eliminate two right away. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy's eliminated because he's on a team with three stars. Okay, and one of the other stars is in the you know in the finalists. Okay, there. so it's not going to be him. Um, Dak Prescott playoff game <laughs> gone. Right. All right. So you go to the remaining three. The fact that uh, Josh Allen got beat. Uh, is a situation uh, that probably takes him out of it. I think he was out of it beforehand. And then you look at who's left. Is it Christian McCaffrey? Is it Lamar Jackson? I think it's Lamar Jackson. Um, what he's done in the hype that's come into this year, he's delivered. So many times guys get the truck backed up to the uh, the docks and unloaded with the money, they don't always... Uh, have the season that corresponds with the, getting the payday. He got the payday, and he's had the season. And you saw last week he was the reason Baltimore won against Houston. I mean, he was a one-man wrecking crew, and he is the most valuable player. You take him off of that team and even go into Christian McCaffrey, even though I think that he is the integral part of the 49ers, he is what makes everything else go. It opens up the passing game for Brock Purdy whenever he's running the football the way he does. You take Lamar Jackson off that team, that team has no shot in the playoffs. We've seen that in the past. So most valuable player to his team, to the league, it's Lamar Jackson. That is probably the way that it's going to go down. Um, And I'm just wondering, you know, here, I believe, you know, the voting pretty much is done and they're not going to incorporate what transpires this weekend you know with that i'd like to see them you know take all of that into consideration heck i'd like to see them take the super bowl into consideration as well too because all this will be announced in the nfl honors uh which will be what taking place um a week from next wednesday here in las vegas so that'll be uh aired here uh it'll be uh shown here not only shown here but recorded here and all that's that stuff here as uh, the nfl will you know, making their way into town. They've already made their way into town and tearing up Allegiant Stadium and from the outside to the inside and all that sort of thing. But I still have reservations about Lamar Jackson. And for me, I would lean Christian McCaffrey. 
and for a lot of the reasons that you stated of being the focal part of your team. Without Christian McCaffrey, the San Francisco 49ers are not where they're at you know, today. You've already eliminated Brock Purdy, which I agree. Brock Purdy should not be in, the, in this conversation. But the 49ers can almost put anybody back there at quarterback, but you cannot put anyone back in that backfield but Christian McCaffrey. He just does so much, so, so much of the unsung stuff as well. You could look at his rushing yardage and his touchdowns, what he does, catching the football out of the backfield, all that stuff. But just his presence there, his presence there just opens up the field for George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and the rest of them as well, too. So, you know, for me, if you're talking about a guy that, you know, really is the focal part of the offense, it definitely is Christian McCaffrey. Now, Lamar Jackson will probably get it because the quarterback gets all the love and gets all the hype, and I understand that. But I still believe that the Baltimore Ravens can win without Lamar Jackson, and we have we have seen that. You know, he had 151 yards last game, and there's been several times this season where he's thrown below 200 and 250. They have a great running game, the number one running game in the National Football League. They're averaging 156 yards per contest, and that's what really makes this team go. And then you look at the flip side, what they do on d- defense. You know, them and the Niners. I mean, you could say they're 1-1-8 one one from a defensive standpoint as far as being uh, the best in the NFL. So to me, it's a, it's a two-horse race, so to speak, with Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey. I think I agree with you. They'll give it to Jackson. But this should be a very close race and decision. And if I got to vote, I'm voting McCaffrey. The only thing I disagree with you saying is we, we agree that he makes the San Francisco offense go. But then you added it. You could put back anybody back there. Well, I said the presence. Just him being when when he's not playing, yeah, then but, they're one-dimensional. But you followed up and said you could put any quarterback in there and the team's going to play. And that's not the case because we've seen they ran Jimmy Garoppolo out of town because he couldn't get them to the next level. No, I thought, Well, I said that. I was talking about Baltimore. No, if when you, you said Christian McCaffrey. Okay. You, you did say that he's your choice. Because he's the, he's the vocal point of the team in the quarterback position, even though I eliminated Brock Purdy, you agreed with that. You said they could put just about anybody back there. They can't. We've seen they, they haven't. The other two guys that were there didn't get the job done. Now, they didn't have. Okay, hold on. you got to say that the, the, Purdy has been the only quarterback they've had this year. So you, can't, you can't throw Garoppolo. You're talking past, you're, past you're, tense. You're talking past tense, yeah. but there is a reason they're not here. Because those two guys couldn't get it done. But they didn't have a full season with Christian McCaffrey. That trade happened last year. So, uh, yes, I, I agree with you that he will be the second-place finisher. They're going to give it to Lamar Jackson. And although Lamar only had 150-some, what you say last week, passing, 152 yards 152, passing. 152, yeah. Uh, situation is, you know, he ran the football for 100 yards. Okay, they were some of them were design plays. Some of them were, you know, when the play breaks down, he extends the drive. You that's 
you can't take him off that team and tell me that they would still be here where they are. We saw how far they got last year. They barely got into the playoffs last year, and they had an opportunity to win their playoff game, but it, you know, it, the fumble with the, you know, the goal line and it went the other way, uh, you know, was the difference in that game against Cincinnati. I just think because of all of the hype we had this year, and you're right, this is a award that is predominantly given to the quarterback. It's the glamour position. It gets all of the hype, and he hasn't done anything this year to hurt his status. The passing numbers are not great, but you're right, the running numbers. See, that's what puts it over for me with Lamar Jackson, you know, because he does add 50, 60, sometimes 100 yards a game with his legs. And being that dual threat, let me ask you, I know what the answer is for me, but do you feel more comfortable with him as a runner or as a passer? I've always, you know, with him as a runner, there's no question that uh, he's better. There's always been the thing about him. Is he a pocket passer or is he a better passer on the move? Okay, and the knock has been he hasn't been a great pocket passer in the past. But this year, he did have better numbers. He had a few more weapons, too. Mm -hmm. And they do not only his own running game, they got a good running game in the two guys, you know, the guys in the backfield behind him. Fantastic running game. Okay, so that that opens everything up and it's going to help the passing game. You know, they went out, you know, and and got him some weapons in the offseason. Granted, you know, maybe a little long in the tooth, but they still run, you know, they get the job done. They run the routes that they need to to run in possession type. You know, he doesn't have the breakaway speed anymore, you know, on the wide out, but he got the job done for them, you know, in some key spots. I just think it's, it's them to lose. I know Kansas City, you know, everybody's going to be on a Patrick Mahomes bandwagon. Everybody's going to look and see last week, oh, the offense is back. The old, oh, we got to the playoffs. We turned the switch. Kansas City's back. And I get all the history with Kansas City. But there were a lot of things in play last week for that game. You know, when we were at dinner uh, Wednesday night talking, you know, with Coach Tice, Mike Tice, you know, we brought up a lot of those things. Buffalo was decimated injury-wise. They had, a you know, a short week of prep time. And compound that by Kansas City had an extra day of prep time. It, you know, it, that was a huge advantage in that game. Everything was against Buffalo. Um, and yet it came down to what, you know, the missed field goal at the end. I just think this is, you know, this is Baltimore's year. You know, they're, uh, weather wise, you got Kansas City, you know, they're used to playing in whatever elements it is. So that's never going to be a factor in a Kansas City game. But if the weather is off a little bit, with that running game of both Lamar Jackson and the running backs in Baltimore, you would have to give a slight edge to Baltimore. You know, I wouldn't say slight edge, a bigger edge to Baltimore in that type of game. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be, uh, be getting to those games and, and break that down. But uh, as far as uh, the most uh, outstanding player, Lamar Jackson probably will get it. Like I said, Christian McCaffrey right there as well. The only thing, you know, that I, I still am concerned about, you know, is his accuracy. His accuracy uh, has gotten better this year, but again, I, he's got to win. He's got to win this game this weekend for me to really, you know, kind of turn the page 
for him because you mentioned years past. He hasn't got the job done. You know, now he's he's two and three after winning last week against the Houston Texans. And in a game where Baltimore struggled in the in the first half, but the second half, they did a fantastic job. But we'll see how this plays out. You know, in Josh Allen, it, it, it's funny. Maybe we would have a different uh, take if Josh Allen wins that game last week against Kansas City. Because when you look at numbers for MVP, Josh Allen's numbers are, are right there. And maybe we're you know discounting him, or the public's going to discount him just because Lamar Jackson has a chance to go to you know play for a Super Bowl, and Josh Allen's already been eliminated here. But you know I would put Allen, and Allen should be in that conversation um, as well. There's no question. If you want to talk about taking a player away from a team, Buffalo's. I don't think they're a 500 team without Josh Allen. That that's how much he is to that team. He's everything because, like Lamar Jackson, when you know, if the difference between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen is the running game that Josh Allen brings to you is not as explosive as Lamar Jackson's. But he gets the yards that add up. He gets the those third down plays where he's the, play the ground and down. pound guy. Okay, you know, right. he's going to run you over. Yeah. But when you look at the passing numbers, he blows Lamar Jackson away with his passing numbers. There's one other thing that he blows Lamar Jackson away too, and that's the column way to the right, the ints. Mm. He is going to throw. You know, he's going to have those games where he's going to have two or three interceptions, and he's had several of them this year because. He does have that gunslinger mentality. He is a Brett Favre-type clone, um, the way he's built, the way he runs the football and thinks he can put the football in any kind of coverage, and sometimes that gets you in a lot of trouble. There's a fine line between cocky and confident. You know, you want to push the envelope as far as you can to the cocky side without going over that line. Okay, but, you know, it does, you know, you want to be confident. But once you hit cocky, sometimes you make bad bad decisions. You know, Patrick Mahomes is not in this list. He's not in this conversation. And the main reason why he's not is that interception category you talked about. Yeah. You know, Jackson has seven interceptions on the year. Patrick Mahomes double that, 14. Yeah. And who would have thought that? We're going to have these two guys facing off against each other. And Patrick Mahomes has double the amount of interceptions over Lamar Jackson. Seems a little strange, doesn't it? Well, it's been a strange year period for the Kansas City offense, and that's because when you look at the body of work, this is a team that, you know, when we break the game down, I'm going to bring up a stat that Baltimore has scored 31 or more points in nine of their last 11 games. Kansas City, I think, has scored 31 points two or three times the entire season. That's it. Okay, the right. big difference on the offenses this year. It's not it's been the, they've leaned on the, the defense more this year because the offense has not been explosive. Now, again, people are going to look at last week's game and they're going to overreact, okay? Because you've got, you know, they've never lost a playoff game. But last week the the asterisk was they were all at home. Okay, well now he, you know, he got that monkey off his back. He won a playoff game on the road. So now the stat is playing. He's never lost a playoff game. <laughs> okay? There's no more asterisks to it. And until Lamar Jackson wins the big game, even though he won last week and he come out flat, we talked about both 
of the two teams with the buys had you know flat first halves last week. Lamar Jackson got it going in the second half. They they were clicking on all all cylinders. He got a monkey off his back as well because he was one and three going into the playoffs this year, and that was the knock on him. You know, when people were saying, "Is he worth that money that he's asking?" He hasn't won the big game. That's always been the conversation. You know, when we go to the guy that's on the list that I eliminated, you know, early, Dak Prescott puts up gaudy numbers during the regular season, but every time they have a big game, you know, a big division game, a big playoff game, where's Dak? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Nowhere to be found. Exactly. So, (sighs) say this about this, this weekend's game, too. Lamar Jackson will be facing his toughest defense that he's seen, okay? You know, Houston, nice year, nice story, but no. And you can kind of go down the list. Maybe what? The Steelers, the next best defense that, that Baltimore's face, or San Francisco. And I'll give them credit because Baltimore passed the test big time that Christmas Day game when they faced San Francisco in San Francisco, and they, they took it to the 49ers. And that's the game. Especially that, Lamar Jackson. That's the game that lost Brock Purdy any consideration to yeah. the MVP. Yeah. All right. Coach of the year. Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, D'Amico Ryans, Kyle Shanahan, Kevin Stefanski. To me, okay. this is an easy one. <laughs> okay. Well, this we is elim- an easy one. Can we eliminate right well? Right. Oh, we, yeah. Okay. Uh, that bottom one, I don't even yeah. know how the game got on the list. Well, until what happened in the playoff game, when you consider how many quarterbacks he had to use in Cleveland, he really did do a good job. He won. All of those guys did a good job, but okay. now you got to you got to select one as your coach okay. of the year. You start. You well. You really you're you're slapping <laughs> Stefanski in the face a little bit there oh, with how I he, uh, you know. And you know why I'm slapping him in the face? Because he couldn't win on the road. He lost you know five out of eight games in the regular season on the road. He Come won on. four games in a row with Joe Flacco. Okay. With Joe Flacco. What's wrong with Joe Flacco? Okay, yeah. He was the best option they had this year. <laughs> yeah, you know, after Deshaun Watson yeah, got hurt again. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a nightmare in Cleveland. Yeah. But Dan Campbell is going to be most likely the guy that wins it, in my opinion. And the reason I'm going to say that, and I'm going to say somebody I think deserves it better, okay? But what he did with the culture of Detroit, in three years and get them to the playoffs. And again, I don't know if there, when there was an official deadline for getting your votes in for this, but the fact that it carried over into the playoffs and they got the playoff win as well, I think that cinched it for Dan Campbell. Now, who I think maybe probably really deserves it for the body of work, you got to look at the Houston Texan coach. For what they did, you had a rookie quarterback that played out of his mind. Nobody on anybody's preseason projection list even had Houston near 500. Mm. And they win the division. This is a much tougher, balanced list than the MVP. For me, like I said, it, it comes down to... Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey and, and probably Jackson with, with, the, with the lean. Here, you can make a case for four of the guys. Campbell, like you, for everything you said. Harbaugh for just the great all-around job that he's done in being consistent. D'Amico Ryans is, a, is another nice story and improved the team dramatically. 
And then Kyle Shanahan, again, you're talking about the top seed in the NFC with, with San Francisco. You can make a, a case for all of those guys, but for me, it's John Harbaugh. It is John Harbaugh because of the complete job that he's done on both sides of the ball. They have never wavered. Baltimore has been the most consistent team. And I think that's what you have to look at, consistency, when you're talking about a Coach of the Year award. This team has just went all the way through without a blip. And uh, you never, you know, this isn't a guy that pats himself on the back. He's not a big media guy. Dan Campbell, you know, he, he he loves the camera and people love tuning into him. And that goes back to, you know, hard knocks going back to last year and everything. And the Detroit Lions is, is a great story, but he's not the coach of the year. We've This guy still cannot coach on the offensive side of the ball. He can't do it. And John Harbaugh can do it all. So for me, it's Harbaugh. I can't argue with, with Harbaugh because, you know, the team did what they did. And there was a question. They weren't. They weren't the favorite to do that. Re- remember that coming into the season. That's right. They weren't the favorite. That's right. That's why I eliminate Shanahan. Okay. Shanahan all had all the weapons at his dis- disposal. The only thing that you can give him credit is that he kept Brock Purdy on pace. You know, that wasn't a flash in a pan, but, you know, the final how many games he played last year. Brock Purdy had a solid season, but just for the reasons we took Brock Purdy out of, you know, MVP race is because he also had D. Bill Samuel. He also had Christian McCaffrey. So the San Francisco 49ers on paper were the best built team to be where they are today. And all he did is not wreck the bus. He see, drove it. Now, I, I can't go with that. And yeah. see, now you're in the Major League Baseball scenario. How stupid that the Major League Baseball is, you know, their writers when they select that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, let's take the guy that we weren't expecting to do much, and he did more, therefore he's the manager of the year. Ludicrous. Insane. The thing with Kyle Shanahan, you can't penalize a coach for having great talent. Now, you got to remember, why is a lot of that talent there? Because they want to play for Kyle Shanahan, and he could very easily mess it up. Be, be you know for that argument saying, "Oh well, we got to discount him." I'm not discounting Brock Purdy because of the great talent he has around him. I'm discounting Brock Purdy for that Player of the Year award because his numbers weren't that good, and in big games he couldn't beat Baltimore. He didn't have a high completion percentage, and he was turning the ball over. So to me, it's who the quarterback. Purdy is. So that's why he's out. But Shanahan is a very, very good coach. And I'm just saying you can't you can't I'm not just say, oh, forget him because he's got, you know, three, four all pros around you know on his team. When you're down to the final vote, you give me the vote. I would say of those two guys, Harbaugh and Shanahan, Harbaugh did a better job because he didn't this team on paper wasn't expected yeah. to be what they were. He improved mm-hmm. them over expectations and had it all the way through yeah. the season. Remember, San Francisco had that three-game losing streak. Two of them two, were on the road. Two yeah. of them were on the road. Yeah. But it, it was actually all of a sudden, what, what's wrong with the 49ers? Everybody's yeah. pointing fingers yeah. at everybody. Um, you know, They were banged up. That's what was wrong with them. And it's a long season. And since that, when they came back off the bye week uh, from the three-game losing streak, they didn't miss a beat, basically. Baltimore was that consistent team the whole way. But if you're talking about who did the best job, the best job for the coaching 
got the most out of the talent that he had is the Houston coach. If you're going to base it on that. Yeah, you can make that argument. Question. So it, yeah. it's again, how do you, what are the parameters for, you know, the coach of the year? Yeah. You know, you don't hand it to the best team every time. You know, we saw that in the WNBA this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's, was a, that's what I'm saying. Okay. And, and with the NFL, it seems like they go a little bit more towards the success of the team and the coach gets a lot of, you know, the, the kudos for that. And, Again, I just I, I look at who who's the best coach, who's the pro coach, and who just you know went right down the schedule this year and had his team ready to go, and they and they delivered. And if you believe in head to head competition, which you don't talk too much about with coaches, but players you do. Hey, Baltimore beat San Francisco; they beat him soundly. And kudos to John Harbaugh had his team ready to go. So to me, John Harbaugh is is the coach of the year, and it it shouldn't be close. Well, and he. You might as well give it to him this year because when the odds come out for next year, his brother's going to be the favorite going in <laughs> to the coach of the year. You know they're going to overbet. You know they did it with Sean Payton coming in this year. Well, again, that you, you got to deliver. You got to see yeah. how the season plays out. If, but the, if, when if they Jim Harbaugh the, comes in and their team is ten and six, he's not getting coach of the year, or they're you know nine and seven. Nine when, and Jay, eight. when Jay comes on. I guarantee you the line, they, they're going to shade the line on him before they open it up just because they know the hype. Yeah, well, you saw the hype last year. Betting, betting and results at the end of the season are, are totally different. Well, so I'm it doesn't here, matter what the, what the I'm bets here are. is a better. Okay. Yeah. I, I bet. Okay. I could give, I could give a rat, you know what, about any of these awards unless I have a bet but on if, it. If you're betting on something that's subjective like that, then that's no good, man. You can't, you, you should not be betting on that. You know, that's, again, that's subjectivity because nine, 90% of the time you're going to say, I got robbed of this, that. And you're going to, and you're probably right. You did get robbed. Right. That's why, it, which it, you shouldn't be betting on that, on those type of things when, when it, when it's involved in 30 to 60 other ham and eggers. Right. That have nothing to do with the sport. Well, which you don't play this, which sport. raises a question. You know, like on the Super Bowl with the props and everything, yeah. you can only bet props that the answer to that prop is found in a box score. Right. Yet you can bet these kind of things that, again, are subjective. Like you said, mm-hmm. it, it comes down to a vote. Right. What's the difference? Should we bring our, our well, well, that's a, a good question. guy before we go to the break? Let's do that. Yeah. Jay Cornegay right. com- <laughs> comes and, and joins us, and uh, we'll continue this conversation on the other side of the break. But we're talking uh, MVP, coaches, voting, and, and Marco's now turned it into the, 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 the betting uh, side of this thing. So go ahead and explain to Jay if Jay didn't actually listen well, he, to your he, question. He made a comment, you know, why would anybody, you know, why would I bet as a professional better an MVP award or something like that, player of the year? And because it's subjective, it's down to a vote. And I said, yeah, usually not. We want things that we can handicap. And I said, that raises a question to me. I know whenever it comes to this Super Bowl, everybody asks you, they want to bet, they want to bet the, uh, National anthem, you know, because places, you know, far, far away from Vegas, you can do that. But the answer to that in Vegas is you can only bet a prop that the answer is in the box score. So why on MVP stuff where that's technically not in a box score, it's it's to a vote. It's subjective. Yeah. Subjective. Why is that okay? <laughs> is this on? <laughs> 
I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, spot. I can't explain it. No, it, it's because um, before you well, never even a, could take bets well, like there, that. There right? is an official result of that proposition. Oh, coach of the year, whatever you want right. to call it. All right, coach of the year. There's an official result. There's not an official result for national anthem. Right? There's actually no official result of the Gatorade color mm-hmm. because there could be actually multiple Gatorades over there. Mm-hmm. Not all the players want lime lemonade or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's somewhat cherry, right? Okay, so it's, it's not so much it has to be in the box st- score for it to be allowed. There has to be an official result, and it has to be something that does n- nobody has uh, prior knowledge of the winner okay so and we've run into this over this you know different states we have nine different states now and it varies state by state some will allow this stuff some won't now as far as the national anthem or uh how many times they show taylor swift or whatever it might be <laughs> stuff that you there's a new no prop idea. this year i can see it right now yeah. oh yeah well she so. has to get back if they make it you know she plays the night before in japan she has yeah. a concert if they make the Super Bowl, she said she's coming. She's right. going to fly. I don't, I, I don't know how a simple question went from the MVP <laughs> to coaches, how we've gone from what color the Gatorade is and, and to, to Taylor Swift. I have no idea. Yeah. See, it sounds like Marco's already handicapping some of this stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait a minute. She's on a flight? Yeah. <laughs> our, sharp, our, our sharp Taylor Swifty is yeah. Marco D'Angelo. What's the, what's the weather like in Tokyo? <laughs> Did you get an answer? Because I don't think we got an answer. I, I, what, I, what's the question? He should, he I, should run for to, president. I'm trying to figure out his question. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's like I, I was trying to explain to you. I mean, some of them are – I mean, you have to have an official result, first of all, that you could look it up and say that's the winner. Yeah. You, you can do that yeah. with coach of the year, mm-hmm. right? So that's why that's allowed. Now, something like which team is Tom Brady going to sign with, mm-hmm. right? That's something that somebody has prior knowledge to, whether it's his agent, his agent's daughter, you know, you name it. A number of people can have prior knowledge to that. So as far as the coaching proposition or who's going to be coach of the year, as long as they cut it off, as far as I'm concerned, as a a bookie, (laughs) cut it off, you know, before the votes are, um, you know, before the deadline. Mm. So that way, you know, you, you... you know, once the once you pass the deadline, somebody could know the results of it, and uh, I wouldn't be in favor of something like that. So, have you had Coach of the Year MVP on the board all year? Uh huh. What yes. kind of action do you get on that? Uh, well, th- it varies. You talk about like Defensive Player of the Year, not so much. Offensive Player of the Year, not so much. MVP, yes. Coach Coach of the Year is dominated by sharp guys like Marco. You know, those guys that really handicap that and see. And how do you handicap that? It's information. You know, what, you know, what, what, what is everybody looking at? You know, who's the favorite in the circles of the coaching ranks? And you go from there. All right. Jay Cornegay in the house. When we come back, we will talk about the championship weekend, AFC, NFC, NFC games, and uh, we'll see where the money is moving here as well, too. We're at the Westgate Las Vegas on a fabulous football Friday. The Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at Thunder Valley Casino. Meet and greet the class of 2024. Matt Barnes, James Donaldson, Leon Lee, and Jamie Whitmore. 
Don't miss Sacramento's best sports night of the year. Food served between 6 and 7 p.m. Live entertainment with comedian Dennis Caxiola. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com for the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame celebration Sunday night, February 4th. All info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Get wrecked with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, nothing better than a championship weekend, AFC and NFC championship games on Sunday. Remember the first one, 12 noon, and the place to be here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. Great atmosphere. It was fantastic for the divisional round last weekend. Looking forward to it this weekend. Kansas City, Baltimore, and then at 3.30, actually they'll kick it off about 3.42, I believe. That is Detroit and San Francisco. And the vice president of the Superbook here, Jay Cornegay joins us i gotta introduce jay properly i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen hold on ladies and gentlemen the winner of the las vegas review journal handicapping contest 59 victories 25 losses six ties or pushes three and oh in the current playoffs 71 percent handicapper extraordinaire jay cornegay <laughs> now if you saw Jay Cornegay today, you would not really put those stats together because he looks like he's just got out of stall number eight at the rodeo. <laughs> well, what are you wearing today? I mean, you've got the jeans, you got the plaid, it's it's buttoned up. Yeah. The only thing missing is the cowboy boots. I do have some boots at home. <laughs> oh, my <Okay>. God. <laughs> it's casual Friday. It wasn't country Friday. Oh. <laughs> is this country? <laughs> oh, my God. I guess I forgot my hoodie. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, this record, you're getting a lot of love for this. Uh, this record. I saw you got, you got interviewed on TV right before you came on with us today. Uh, I don't know. It's like I said, I've been in the contest for a number of years and I've been right around 50%. I just try to be above 50% so I don't catch a hard time at the grocery store or something. <laughs> that has happened. You guys know those stories. Um, but. Um, I don't know. Things have been going, you know, my way. That's I, great, man. My, my wife gives me a hard time because, you know, I didn't enter any of the contests. So she's like, oh, you know, we should do this. You should do the backyard. Oh, that's right. You didn't enter. It's <laughs> a running joke now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You didn't enter. Yeah. So, um, but i telling everybody to probably be around 50% next year. I don't know. That's the way it goes, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I, you're, you're, you're seeing the field well, as we say, you know? All right. So how you see in the field here from a handicapping <laughs> aspect, and then we'll talk about from the book aspect, okay. Kansas City, Baltimore. We see this line now uh, up to four. We were talking earlier in the week. Mm, okay. We kind of anticipated four, four and a half, opened mm-hmm. at three and a half. Now it got pushed up to four. So what are you seeing here? Well, we opened um, three minus dollar twenty. Mm-hmm. And we quickly went to three and a half, and we were at three and a half for a long period of time. Just over the last couple of days, we went up to four. Um, I know I always thought that Baltimore was a really complete team. I think they're very balanced. I think that uh, they're very healthy. Um, I really wasn't impressed by the Chiefs' victories over a, a banged-up Miami team in zero-degree weather and a depleted uh, Buffalo team, even though I'll give them some credit for going up there. In beating them, but we, they were a field goal away from going into overtime. Um, I just think Baltimore uh, is. Uh, I don't. I don't know how I can better describe my feeling with Baltimore, 
outside of them being complete. Mm-hmm. I think the game will be decided by probably Pacheco, meaning that if he gets 100 yards, I think the Chiefs could make it close. Uh, but I don't anticipate that. I don't think they're. I think they're going to clamp down on him, and he'll you know be right around 40, 50 yards, and Baltimore uh, wins and goes to the Super Bowl. Now, we know last week you took a lot of Kansas City money against Buffalo, even though they were the underdog in that game as well, too. A lot of money line action, and that, that hurt the book. You know, the, Can- the Kansas City victory over Buffalo hurt the book. Are you seeing much Kansas City money in this game against Baltimore? A little bit. We, it's, um, it's not rolling in, but uh, there is some Kansas City support out there. I mean, they are the defending champions. You know, Mahomes continues to make a lot of plays. I'll give him that. Uh, but it's hard for people to let go of the Chiefs. I mean, this is our kind of dynasty right now. And so they do get some support, not only from the general public, but also from some of the educated players out there. So it's not lopsided by any, any means, even though we push it up to four, which uh, in our back room was the original number. Okay, but you decided to open it at three. The mark, yeah, the market we thought would push it down, so we went down to three. But again, we were not there very long, and we were one of the first three and a halfs to go to four. Mm-hmm. So it got to our number a little faster than I thought it would, you know. But uh, um, even though we moved it up that way, I'm telling you, there's definitely some support in, for Kansas City. Where do you think the line ends up uh, Sunday at noon? Right where it's at, or do you? What do you think? Tough to say. I, I think that uh, we'll probably be at four. There might be. I think it's four. What do you think, Marco? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're. You guys are going to go to four and a half. I don't think it can be enough money to get right. you to go to four and a half because the minute you do, huge buybacks. There's going to be buybacks yeah. left and right um, from the guys that just play numbers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you you can't do that. Um, personally, when I talked uh, Sunday night, I put the game at four, four and a half was my number on it yeah. i'm not as high on kansas city as everybody else is in just for the reasons you said they've really had an easy road to get here mm-hmm. uh you know i know when you say oh, they went to buffalo and won, they had every advantage in the world in that buffalo game not only because of the schedule because of the injuries but until buffalo actually slays that dragon in the playoffs kansas city's living rent free in their heads okay and it's hard to knock that team off once you do it for the first time i wouldn't be surprised if you'd see buffalo roll off four or five in a row against them but till they get that first one that's always the toughest one Mm -hmm. yeah i forgot to mention that but that's that schedule Mm -hmm. for last year or last week when Mm -hmm. kansas city had two extra days of rest that's that was a huge factor and I think that's why a lot of sharps were on the Kansas City side, not to mention the injuries, especially on the defensive side that Buffalo uh, had going into that game. So, again, yeah, I agree with you, Mark. I'm not that impressed with Kansas City. I think it's the Kansas City team that we saw the last third of the season. They were really kind of struggling. You know, everybody thought they were just going to pop it out one of these times. They really haven't. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, as much as we're talking about, you know, Kansas City here and, you know, going to Buffalo, had their number, Buffalo is a missed field goal away from mm-hmm. sending this game into overtime more than likely. And if they would have had better play calling, 
they may have won the game on that last drive and just keep you know pushing it down because again they got away from what got them there with the legs of Josh Allen and you know really kind of mixing up the play calling because they got very very uh, conservative and redundant especially in that fourth quarter where they went away and you know they were running the ball in first down with with Cook up the middle but again they beautiful job in the first half and even the you know third quarter about mixing things up and and Kansas City they had them on their heels so it's just funny how you know we just think oh well Buffalo's all banged up this and that Buffalo they were in control of their own destiny in that game yeah. At the end. I think were. part of the problem at the end in the back of their mind is because they were moving the ball down the field mm-hmm. and going for either the tying field goal or the winning touchdown, in the back of their mind, he didn't want to leave too much time on the clock oh, I know. as well. We see that because all the time. Yeah. In that, I think, had a big part of you know some of the play calling where you got a little bit less aggressive. You know, Yeah, you don't want to turn the ball over, but I think that was it in – <laughs> they can't forget the 13 seconds <laughs> in the playoff game two years ago. Yeah. You, you score with 13 seconds left in the game. You think you won the game, okay? No. Not against Mahomes. <laughs> All right. The late game, Detroit and San Francisco. San Francisco 7. Really haven't seen too much movement uh, line-wise. What do you, what's going on here? We, we see some San Francisco money coming in, uh, but th- we do expect Detroit to get their share. I, it feels like the whole country is rooting for the Lions, <laughs> right? Any, anybody outside of the state of California is probably rooting for the Lions. And, uh, the, you know, remember, the general public really hasn't gotten a hold of these games yet. Mm-hmm. And they will Saturday night and Sunday morning. And we expect, you can see by the ticket count that the public is uh, hoping for the Lions. They're certainly rooting for them. Um, but and we are, you know... It, pretty close to San Francisco and we do have a lot of San Francisco fans in this city and so you see a little bit uh, of both sides and so th- right now it's very very balanced but I do expect to get a little bit more San Francisco money I don't know where the big bets are going to come in I think that's going to be interesting to see but as far as the general public I think it's going to be very balanced all right from a handicapping standpoint here let's let's stay with this game with San Francisco and uh, Detroit which way are you leaning? I I really don't like to bet the underdog like this unless I really truly believe that they can win the game. Uh, I think being outdoors a little bit, being on the natural grass, and most likely it'd be a. I don't think it's going to be a real fast track. I really don't. I yeah. think it's going to be a little soft, a little moist, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to cause you know Goff and his receivers. You know, some timing issues. I think San Francisco, I think they were, I think they underestimated the Packers last week. The Packers were really physical. And it's usually San Francisco that's really (laughs) physical. But I'm telling you, the Packers went in there and punched them in the mouth a couple of times. And and I think that kind of surprised San Francisco a little bit. And um, I I think it's going to be a little different this time. I think San Francisco is going to be very, very physical. Uh, I don't think Detroit is as physical as Green Bay was the last third of the season. Um, so, um, you know, seven points, though, in a playoff game is a lot of points. Um, but I guess I would lean towards the favorite again, even though I hate to say it. Right. Okay. And then going back to the earlier game with Kansas City and Baltimore. 
Uh, as far as handicapping wise, mm-hmm. um, I I'm not a believer in Kansas City right yeah. now. I, I I think favorites uh, weekend. Uh, yeah, the, well, it's <laughs> the two best teams. And yeah. when we started the playoffs, it was those two teams, and then a big gap right. until you found the third, you know, ranked team, and uh, that still holds true today. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you guys don't want to see both favorites win, but I think that this is a weekend that. Both favorites result might be okay for you guys because, as you said, there's so much love for Mahomes built into to the dynasty there. And, there, and I guarantee you, you know, there's people out there that see Kansas City plus points and they just say it's like the Yankees in baseball. You know, if the Yankees are anywhere near a pick em, oh, how often can I get the Yankees at this price? Well, you can't get Kansas City at that price very often. But as far as the Lions go, I agree with you. They're the darling in – they are right now what the Chicago Cubs were for years until they finally won a World Series. They're the lovable losers, and, and people want to root for them because it, it's been so long since you know Detroit, 32 years before they won a playoff game and everything else. Yeah, I get that. I'm hoping I'm on can I'm on San Francisco. I got it Sunday night when it first came out at six and a half, and that was you know gone relatively quick. But I'm waiting to see what the money line does. And I'm hoping that it's like the Super Bowl where when you do get that walk-up trade on Sunday, people go to the window, oh, I got to lay 110 to win 100? No, I want to make money and bet the dog on the money line, bringing me a more attractive price on the money line. Mm-hmm. What's your teaser on, TC? You know, it's funny because... After that game last week in it, with Buffalo and Kansas City, I was saying, you know, I'm probably going to be on Kansas City on a teaser, you know, get them over over 10. Now you could have them at 10.5 or 11. But I've, I've switched over the last few days just for everything that you guys are saying. That's been my take as well, too. I just think that Baltimore is the best team, the most consistent team. And, you know, Kansas City has just been – such uh, um, a, a rough team to look at offensively, especially in the red zone. And I think you can't get away with that anymore. Okay, you were able to get away with it, obviously against the Dolphins. You know, handicapped it that way, and then Buffalo, to, you know, to a certain degree as well. But I just think, nah, this party really has got to come to an end here. And I think the way Buffalo run, or rather Baltimore runs the football, the, the 156 yards a game, and they are going to run right at Kansas City. They're not going to run away from Chris Jones. They're going to run right at him. That's what Buffalo was doing in the first half. So I really believe that that uh, Baltimore is going to be able to hand, uh, have their way. I don't expect Lamar Jackson to have huge numbers, but you know maybe with his feet when he needs to. But they're going to ground and pound, and I think they're going to be more physical. And I think the Baltimore defense is, you know, has answers, you know, for the wide receivers uh, for Kansas City. So I'm leaning now towards going to Baltimore. You know, going back to that Kansas City Buffalo game, you know, where the injuries came in play in the uh, defensive backfield of Buffalo. There's a there the couple of linebackers were hurting out, a couple of uh, cornerbacks were out, uh, safety was out. And if they did play, a couple of them were not 100%. But there was some confusion in the, the defensive backfield for the Buffalo. And that's why we saw Kelsey for the first time in weeks. He was wide open. And I just think that Kansas City was able to take advantage of the inexperience that was going on in the backfield, the defensive backfield for Buffalo. You will not have that in Baltimore. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. And I love San Francisco. Again, same same type of thing. I, uh, you're right. I said the same thing. Green Bay just they, – they took it to San Francisco. I've never seen San Francisco really have two down games in a row, especially at home, uh, especially where they're the favorite. So I think that that was a wake-up call for them. And, um, you know, Detroit going back, I still can't get that out of my mind. You know, some of these other games I've seen with them, especially when the last time they were outside in the grass, Soldier Field, going back to November, it was 28-13. to 13. They had a bunch of games at home, you know, over the last month and a half. And then when they were on the road, they were in Minnesota and they were in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So totally different situation. And you're right, the weather is not going to be great in San Francisco. It's going to be rainy. And it's going to be a little bit windy. So, and we know that that uh, track there is not very good anyway. I mean, it's always sloppy. Yep. And, and uh, from what I heard this week, they were repla- they replaced the turf, oh. so they're going to have new turf again there this week. So, you know, you're going to have cutting problems and all that. So, hopefully, San Francisco can get their cleats uh, together. And I think it's going to be a problem for Detroit. Yeah, because that Detroit passing game relies on timing mm-hmm. a lot. Right. And uh, that timing could be uh, an issue with a so- so-called sloppy track. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend. Looking forward to it uh, this weekend. Yeah. All right. Looking yeah. forward to it. Good day. It's always a good day on that championship. Two yeah. games. Yeah. You know, and it's not first thing in the morning. Right. Uh, you know, on, in the Pacific Coast here. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get a couple hours to sleep in a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, have some brunch. Bloody Mary. <laughs> It's going to mirror last Sunday's divisional round. Yeah. It was the exact same yeah. thing where you had those, you know, those two good games, and now it's it's all on the line here. Do you so. see the common denominator? Whether it doesn't matter which time of the game is, there's some kind of alcoholic beverage. You with know, the game with. I was going to say, you know, Jay and I have that His food. Gin, we gin have that joint. we have that food thing in common, but yeah. then he takes it over the top with goes to the alcohol. Yeah, you know, yeah, the gin, gin joint, Bloody yeah. Mary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> see you guys later. <laughs> And, and who was the guy that, that said that he was going into a dry new year? That was him, you know? You don't hear that on, on, on many radio shows, especially, you know, handicapping, you know, segments. I was dry from January 2nd through the 7th. Right? Yep. All right. So I, I did have a dry January week. Okay. <laughs> That wasn't technically a week, sir. <laughs> Second to the seventh is not full seven days. <laughs> All right. We'll let you get back to the paddock. Thanks, guys. There, there, there you go. Right. Have a good weekend. All right. My guy, Jake Hordegay, our gracious host here at the Westgate Las Vegas, the vice president of the Superbook. All right. We come back. We'll start breaking it down. Trevor Maddich will join us next hour. And our best bets coming your way here on a football Friday. Getting ready for the AFC and NFC championship right here. Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. Superbook.